Fueled by the Outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Brought to you by the Elite Outdoors. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. What's up, guys? And uh, we're joined by a third member of uh, the group this week. So, Chris, I'll let you roll with this one because uh, you're uh, a lot closer to him than I am. And, uh, you know, yeah, all that fun stuff. Luke and I are only slightly close. We only share rooms together for like six (laughs) or eight months out of the year. Away from your wives. Yeah, we're, we go on our own little little trips together all over the country. Um, did you put a little too much bourbon I put, in wait, there? I put a little too much <laughs> Uncle Nearest in my bourbon glass. Ladies, we are drinking live. Um, anywho, uh, this is my boy. Uh, we'd like to welcome Luke Lacey to the podcast here. Um, we're, we're pretty excited to have him. Uh, so welcome, bro. How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Not this is actually like the... Me. First time I think I've seen you since we uh, played uh, Russians attack the Germans at Waterloo or whenever the hell that yeah. was back in Turkey season. That was uh, <laughs> that was that was intense. <laughs> you lost that me was for a blast, second, man. And I was like, "What?" I thought you were talking about Axis and Allies. I don't know if either of you have ever played that before, but no, that no. Was, that one was called "Wait Down the Turkey." <laughs> as, as I said. Uh, as I said last week or two weeks ago, I only got one piece of shot out of that entire bird um, when I filleted it <clears throat> in the thighs and everything. And I was the one, thank God, that got that like bit in. I was like, <laughs> my wife goes, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. She goes, you ate a piece of shot, didn't you? I'm like, nope. <laughs> bit it out of my hand, like, tucked it in my napkin. It's just TSS. It's non-toxic. <laughs> like I didn't crack a tooth, right? <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely interesting. We uh, we had Luke doing the calling, and I was running the camera and the decoys. Our decoy, I added a little motion to our decoys that you guys mm-hmm. will see next spring, and you are gonna laugh your bums <laughs> off. That's a yeah, yeah. Dude, I laugh every time I think about that. <laughs> you can't not. He's dead. You can't not. That's probably going to be the most definitive video of our entire <laughs> careers. And we didn't even know a damn Jake is going to oh, make man. us famous. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, and nobody will ever hunt with me ever again. <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot. Why do you hate me? So, um... Luke, tell us a little bit about yourself, brother. Uh, Well, uh, my name is Luke Lacey. I'm 26. I'm from Northeast Ohio. Originally grew up in Southern Missouri and uh, grew up on a small farm. You know, I I can't even remember a time where I wasn't um, in the outdoors, hunting, fishing, all that. Killed my first turkey at eight years old. Um, I was a little spoiled. I shot my first deer when I was 11 and... To me, it was a giant, but it was 125, 130-inch nine-point, and it was my first deer, so that kind of spoiled me at first. (laughs) It's a hell of a first. uh, Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of just escalated from there. I'm freaking ate up with it, man. Um, Ended up moving to Ohio in 2014, and uh, yeah, just hunting, fishing, 
as much as possible. I got into a little bit of tournament archery. Um, well, actually, you got me into tournament archery a couple of years ago. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing, man. It's what I live for. Heck, yeah. So, so wait, so hold on. You guys didn't meet doing tournament archery? No. <laughs> That's oh. a funny story. <laughs> so – so I'll, I'll kind of dive into that a little bit. So um, we were on another page together. And when we first started the Elite Outdoors, I used to creep all these other pages and just see how they do things and see how I could do things better. And uh, I was on there one day. And there's this little dude, you know, he looked 23 or way. You probably damn well were. You probably, I think you were 23 and, you know, young as hell. And he's got this big old six pointer. 22. And, and, uh, what's that? He's a 22. 22. 22. <laughs> See, even younger. Um, he's got pictures of this six pointer and, uh, people are talking score. And he's saying something like it goes like 140 inches or something. And I was like, man, that I'm not saying that's not a big six, but to get to 140 inches, you got to have a big ass deer. I mean, a full 140 inch 10 pointer is a big deer. That's mm -hmm. a good deer. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I just, I was like, you know, if that goes 140, that's, that's pretty big. And, uh, you know, the pictures made it look good, but you, there's no picture that you can take of that deer mounted anyway that do that deer justice. And, uh, these people were just raping the hell out of him online. And, uh, I had a few things to say to some of the people that were slightly out of line. You had something to say to people, right? <laughs> hey, no, I'm a, not you. I'm a sheep dog. Damn it. So, so a couple days go by. And yes, I'm very opinionated and, uh, dudes on there again, it was a archers talk and tech. Yeah. It was the same, same one. And, uh, he was in like a dump truck or something explaining how, you know, you can, you can be comfortable while shooting a bow or you can shoot it the right way. Essentially talking about people who do things the wrong way and then say, I'm not comfortable doing it that way and explaining, well, you can be uncomfortable or comfortable all you want, but that doesn't make it right. And mm -hmm. we all know that if you can repeat something, that's all that matters. But the easiest way to repeatability is through a certain technique. And, and that's what he was trying to get across. And, um, man, I thought, I like this guy, you know, <laughs> this, this is my style. So, uh, you know, I friended him or whatever, and we kept in touch here and there. And, He'd ask me questions about archery, and I'd ask him questions about archery, and I think I recruited him to shoot uh, an obsession. He ended up getting an obsession, yep. and uh, we we met up at Green County uh, Fish and Game okay. and shot, and um, he shot a good game that night, and uh, – yeah. Tell him about that first target. <laughs> and he steps up. So he steps up to the first target. It's like night and day the rest of the day, right? So <laughs> he comes up and, you know, we're excited to just meet each other and everything. And I think actually we had already met once at the Deer and Turkey Expo. Yep. Yep. Which that deer damn well went 142. 
Yeah, 142 and some and change. Yeah, yep. so 143. It's oh, wow. the biggest. It's one of the biggest six pointers you'll ever see, if not in your life. Um, so, anywho, little rabbit hole here. Um, <laughs> we had met once before at the Deer and Turkey Expo and hung out, and I met his wife and and uh, little one and all that. And he met my wife and Cora, and then we met up and shot together. And he steps steps up to the first target. It's a bedded white ram, and he shoots a five. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. I'm like, oh, okay. Go get your arrow real quick, real quick and we'll, we'll reshoot it. You know, we were mating. We were mating. Edit that shit out. We, we, were, we, were, we were waiting on another guy. I, I tried to say waiting and Mike in the same word. We were waiting on Mike Basler. He was meeting us up there to uh, shoot with us. And uh, mm-hmm. so before, you know, Mike's over there getting ready and, um, I was like, Luke, go pull that arrow real, real quick, dude. And so he pulled it. I think he took like a 10 or an 11 and I took 11 on the second one. Okay. And, and I'm like, okay, you know, he's, he's all right. And we get on an, a couple targets and he hits some 11s and I'm like, okay, you know, he, he'll be fine. Um, at first I'm like, oh shit, you know, this, here's <laughs> another one. That's like, yeah. oh, so amazing. And then, you know, they're terrible. So he ended up beating me that day. Um, I think he shot – what did you shoot, 12 up? 11 up. 11 up. 11 yeah. up. Um, and I thought, all right. So then fast forward a little ways, and <laughs> this is one of the best <laughs> stories. So we're trying to figure out a place where we can meet up and shoot together. We really enjoy people's uh, – each other's company and – and really enjoy shooting together. And uh, I find this place that's out in like Bainbridge <laughs> or something. And for whatever reason, he had his maps wrong or something. He's like, dude, that's only an hour away from me. And at this point, I have no idea where at actually in Ohio that he lives. So I'm like, no way. An hour from you, it's an hour from me. That's per- That's the place. <laughs> Let's go there. I don't know how the hell that is because Green County's 245. I don't know where the hell you're at, but you must be out east. So me and my father-in-law drive out there, and we are almost to breakfast. And Luke calls me. He's like, dude, you're going to hate me. I'm like, oh, man. What's what's up, buddy? He's like, I was wrong. The, the, map, the map wasn't set right. And it's like four hours from here. I'm like, oh my God. So he drove like four hours or something crazy to come shoot. And this is a local. This is not a a national. It's not a national or anything like that. This is like me and you going to play golf at Elks Run or something. Oh, jeez. So (laughs) we shoot. And uh, that was actually a fun shoot. That's when I was – videoing you shooting at that elk uphill at 100 yep. yards getting the arrow flight of the feathers turning and everything it was really cool so yeah, that was a fun shot then he decides that he wants me to come shoot on a team with him at this shoot up in northeast ohio it is it's like uh it's hunter setup only but you can use sliders and adjust them it's not like our hunter class Oh, okay. you can only use fixed pins. You you just you couldn't use like big fat shafts or lenses or crazy long bars or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. 
So, but you could use a range finder. So, you know, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. Uh, he had told me that they almost won the year before and kind of felt like things weren't actually portrayed like they should have been. And uh, I think his team had won maybe the year before that. And Luke had won the whole thing twice or something like that. And so I'm thinking like, awesome. And I'm shooting by the time this thing rolls around in September, I'm shooting pretty good. I shot mm-hmm. like 13 up on 30 targets at a local. Uh, I'm, I'm shooting pretty good. So I bummed a, a single up pin sight from James Hamilton and dicked around a little bit and put a couple marks on it. I didn't know what to expect. I, I think I went out to 60 yards with it. And then, um, and again, you know, I just, oh, this looks good. Shot it a couple times. And so we get up there and uh, I'm in a shooter jersey and everybody else is in like camo and I'm getting just the most <laughs> warming, welcoming looks of all time. I'm like, shit, I should have just worn camo or something, which I'm in a t-shirt as well. And it's Northern Ohio. I might as well be in Canada. I'd say you're freezing. Oh, it was it was overcast and spitting rain and <laughs> breezy. It was like deer hunters love. So uh, me and Luke are in a dog fight this entire shoot. And for whatever reason, I think, what'd you do? You shoot the wrong yardage or something like that? Yeah, I set my sight on, uh, it was a 53-yard, I think it was that elk, it was a, that little mini elk. It was a deer. Or was it a deer? It was okay. a deer. Yeah, absolutely. Was, that's right. It was, it was a, a 57-yard buck. And I set my sight on 53. Okay. And and, and, and this is, to, to preface this, um, we are used to shooting 35 yards. And this is, uh, in some ways, an easier shoot because everything is marked with a Sharpie. So you got these big-ass black dots to aim at. And I'm like... Mm-hmm chomping at the bit like oh this is awesome but they're like weird shapes it's not a perfect circle like some would be like a kidney bean shape and is is really odd but it was really cool and very realistic to a deer's kill zone um and we'd be like elevated in these shooting houses and i mean realistic stuff it's hands down still the best shoot i've ever been to like i would go there the, the only place that I would say that I would go over that is IBO worlds, honestly. And that's yeah. because IBO worlds is the biggest stage in all of the world. Uh, and that's including any other organization. Right. Right. Uh, so uh, I think what we pay 20 bucks for dinner, yeah, all, all the food you could eat, all the beer you could drink and the shoot for 20 bucks for yeah. 20 dollars just ran by college I'm kids like, near, this a, is a near a college town or something so <laughs> gene put together a hell of a shoot man i i hate that they don't do it anymore so he misses this target and i i like look up and i'm like dude what happened and he tells me and i'm like son of a bitch you know i was hoping we'd go one two it's like we're never going to go one two something always <laughs> ruins it so um you know i finished up and 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 ended up winning and then we we absolutely forced ourselves on people in the team event. It was yeah, bad. yeah, it wasn't even close. It wasn't. It, we were what we win by like a hundred and something or two it was like a hundred and seventy something yeah. points. It was it was insane, and 
and you could say that me and Luke were the good shooters, and I, I would call I would say we had like two A shooters and two clear, I would say C and D shooters, basically. Mm-hmm. Um or or maybe C shooters. Like not bad, but not like, oh my God, you know? Right. So um I got to thinking later on, I'm like, and I need a shooting partner bad. It's that, that's going to be the ticket. Not only is it going to save you money traveling and be nice to have somebody to ride with, but man, when you got somebody shooting that can at least keep it in the 10 ring and you can look at that arrow and say, okay, their arrows there. I'll stick my pin here and I'm, I'm good. Um, gives you a sight reference, man. Um, so I got to thinking, I'm like, man, I wonder if he'd be interested in this. So I, I, uh, I asked him about it and he contemplated it and he's like, dude, let's do it. And so I'm thinking to myself, we'll probably be a couple of good shooters. Maybe we'll get to make a podium. Right. This guy, <laughs> this guy comes out and he shoots fairly decent at his first ever shoot. Um, that was my biggest, yeah, that was the biggest choke of my life. And <laughs> he ended up taking first, what'd you shoot? What'd you shoot? 19, 19, up. 19, yep, up, 19 at up indoor worlds. Wow. And so you'll find, and this isn't discrediting Luke, he shot good. Indoor is always easier because once you shoot a target, you pretty much, for the most part, know what all the other targets are because oh, they're okay. next to each other. You're not looking on down a singular path. Okay. See, I, I thought you because uh, like it's easier because it's something other than that. Because <clears throat> I know when I uh, when I try to shoot indoors, like my eyes messed up. Anyways, we've talked about this. You have like, lighting issues with your pins. Super bad lighting issues with my right eye. Li- and, like, lighting in indoor see. archery is tough. Yeah. So yeah, like the outdoors, outdoors it's fine, but like indoors, like you know, I can yeah. aim and like you don't say, collect enough light in there to to no. be able to see, and so. What was kind of special about that is while he could probably pretty much tell you within a yard or two of everything, this was in a like a show horse arena or whatever. So huge, huge building. Mm-hmm. And all the windows were up high and behind the targets. And it was sunny as hell. Uh. Every target was backlit. So imagine a black bear with a bright ass light coming in on it right into your eyes. And I mean, it was very difficult. The lighting was beyond atrocious where they have it now is phenomenal. They, they should never change that if we have archery ever again. Um, Right. (laughs) So then he comes out winter nationals and I shot pretty tough uh, again. That's kind of a story of mine. Um, (laughs) He's up. I think, Man, I can't remember correctly. What were you about twelve up? Yeah, I was twelve up, and we had, um, I think we had fifteen targets left. I was going to say twelve to fifteen targets left. So we yeah. have somewhere in that neighborhood. That's a lot of targets for those of you that don't shoot. That's almost half the course. So when you're somebody like us, it's it's not so much a dread as ooh, I can shoot more elevens and make some stuff up. Well. He drops his bow, knocks the sight off and doesn't know it, takes a blank, then takes an eight on the next one or two. 
next two. Next two to finish up the course. Yeah. Yeah. So to finish up that 10 target course. Um, and that was so, so tough to swallow. Uh, I think he shot four down. Yeah, I ended up shooting four down. Four down yeah. for fifth or sixth place or something like that, maybe. Um, sixth, yep. Sixth, so uh, spring nationals, got his stuff together, shot 19 up, took first by landslide, and then uh, first leg, 15 up, first by a landslide, and I missed the podium, I think, by – I think it was one arrow. Yeah, oh, it was one arrow. I think it yeah. was uh, – <laughs> I missed the podium by, I want to say, a single point because Mark, I believe Mark was five up and I was four up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would have had him on X count. So it was one or two points. So uh, then we go into the second leg. My bow comes out of time. That's a, another, that's a story for another day that we won't ever tell. <laughs> that's and, a whole other uh, podcast. We won't itself. talk about 38 <laughs> down. Um Luke shoots 22 up. Yep. 22 up first place by not even close again. Uh, keeping in mind that our team won both of those two events as well. And then the third leg comes. Luke shoots 22 up again, right? Yes. Okay. First by a landslide again. I again missed the podium by a single arrow, which really pissed me off because I started shooting good. Um, had a great X count and everything. But – uh, our team ended up winning the overall. We lost that leg by a single point. Uh, mm. We would have obliterated the other team in X count. And then we go to Worlds, and uh, Luke caught a cold, didn't didn't eat or drink anything, I think, that morning. And uh, <laughs> to him, shot rough. To everybody else, they would have been happy with that. Um, and he shot even on the first day, first 20. And I shot eight up, came off leading it, and then – the next day he shot – well, it was canceled the next day due to fog. We were in the middle of a cloud. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's when, like, that cloud bank rolled in and – Yep. Oh, dude, it was – Yeah, because it's on, it's on Snowshoe Mountain, and, man, the, the cloud coverage is extremely low up there. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, came out, and I shot five up, and Luke shot ten up, and, like – just surpassed everybody to make the hill. For those of you that don't know, the hill uh, is like the cut in golf. Here we are again comparing it to golf. It's just like it. Um, it's the cut basically after day two, and that decides basically who is your winner. And you generally have, uh, what is it, the top five scores, I believe? Yeah, because I think there were six or seven of us. Mm-hmm. Um because you had me, you, Billy in the first, the top uh, group. And then yep. you had Scott. Uh, you had the dude. Uh, I can't. BJ. BJ. Something. Uh, it's like a Russian name or something. Donna Frank or something. Donna Frank. Donna Frank. Good yeah, Donna Frank. And then uh, who else was there? There was one other guy, at least. Man, I can't remember his name. It was him, there was- Scott. Yeah, Scott. Oh, well. Either way, um, and uh, man, we start off crazy. I think Luke's, Luke's first two targets were eights, actually, yeah. and and my first, I shot elevens on the first 
well, not the first, but on the first six targets, I shot five 11s and a 10. Yep. And never did it occur to me like, oh, we should like play it safe. You've got this. It's, it's in your hands right now. Just shoot 10s, dude. Um, play it safe. And, uh, you know, now we all know that story. I think, in fact, uh, it all evened out so much that me, Luke, and Billy both ended up with two up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just Billy. Billy got me by one. And then you – did you finish fourth? I was fourth, you yeah. Fourth. I shot uh, I shot two eights. I think what was it? Two eights, a ten, or two tens, and I literally elevened out the rest of the yeah. way until the very last like, target. Really, it was it was a rough start and then a hell of a comeback because I yep. looked at his card. And again, you know, for those that don't know me, I can't focus well. So when I'm focused, <laughs> it's on one single thing. And so I have no idea what's going on in my life. And so I'm like, man, how did this dude shoot two up? He took two eights right off the bat. And yeah. then, you know, I'm looking and I'm like damn man you you finished strong so uh it was really cool uh i think you know there there were a lot there was a lot of talk last year from people and uh, a lot of accusations and stuff and uh disbelief if you will and then i think uh while we would have thought peer groups would have shut that up last year i think everybody got pretty quiet once we got to winter nationals and they went i think it was like 16 up and yep, that was with eight. a five on a badger that they hid. A very, five and an eight, yep. A five and an eight, I mean, um, you know, from a, a different stake. And then mm-hmm. um, first leg he won, we, we missed spring nationals. Then he won the, won the first leg and then placed third at the second. And then yep. our archery season was ended due to the stupid corona. So, so uh, there you have it, the wonderful Luke Lacey. I just gave you his entire career. <laughs> the one thing you didn't mention am i is, morgan freeman can i uh can i get your paypal info so i can send you the the payment for that introduction right <laughs> uh did you leave out that he's a national champion uh no i think i mentioned that okay uh so so luke won the individual national championship last year and this year and then uh the greatest general manager of all time I'm like that short, fat little bulls guy. Like Jerry Krause. The last, yeah, him. Yeah. I, I, uh, our team last year finishes first, and it was by a landslide. And then this year, it was the same. We, I've, I don't even know what it was. What it was like 80, 80 something points or something. Yeah, was, I think it was 88 points this yeah, year. It was, yeah, it was out of this world, which, um, you know, maybe it would have been less if we had had a third leg in Worlds. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have been more. I don't know, but uh, I can tell you that our team um, had me on it, and then it had first, second, and fourth, I'm pretty sure. So that's tough. I mean, you're basically never going to beat that. Um, It's basically impossible to beat. No, I was going to say, that makes it pretty hard to – pretty hard to beat so yeah that being said you're mentioning like winter nationals and all that kind of stuff is i mean archery for the ibo completely shut down until you know further notice and then you guys are just next waiting year. for spring just till next year yeah our, yeah our our tournament season's over once they canceled worlds which was yeah. actually the world championship and the third leg because we lost we basically gave up one yeah. of the legs ish 
it's really weird to explain, but um, once once Worlds is over or canceled or whatever, then the tournament year is over and you get into hunting mode and uh, it won't start up again until next February. That's mm-hmm. when Indoor Worlds will be. So, nice. And which Luke also won Indoor Worlds. He's also a world champion. Uh, he won Indoor Worlds this year. From royalty, <laughs> from the farthest stake with pins. He wow. he shot. What did you shoot? I shot sixteen up. He shot sixteen up with pins at a forty-five yard max, and I can tell you, some of those arrows when I released because I shot from the same stake with the same yeah. setup. You hold your breath a little bit. That arrow's in the air, dude. Yeah. I'd like to release, and I'm just like, oh, man, shit, get there, get there, get there. (laughs) So uh, it was pretty cool, man. It was impressive, and and, uh, it's always a good time. We have fun, and I think, you know, we're kind of more on the energetic side. So, uh, you know, that that tends to work out. Um, But, uh, yeah, now – now we got this camper business going on, and if I, oh, uh, I almost swatted at the bug that's buzzing. It's by Luke. flying behind. Luke's oh, I was head. like, yeah. get off my screen, <laughs> right? um, So yeah, man, uh, it's it's been quite the quite the uh, ride so far, being shooting partners, and we've been fortunate enough to turkey hunt with you and turkey yeah. hunt together here in Ohio, up north and down here. Uh, we had a hell of a opening day experience, um, and then. We uh we went I mean really, I guess the only time we haven't seen an animal is when I came up there uh with you. I think almost every other time we've seen a yeah I don't think something. Uh, yeah I don't think we've we've hunted a single time and not got on something yeah I mean other than that time so uh had some pretty good luck so far so uh, somebody else want to talk for a while I'm tired yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I actually want to ask like Luke a couple of questions here because you're from, like you said, Southern Missouri. So not in the Ozarks, but near the Ozarks, right? So I grew up basically 20 minutes from the Arkansas border. Okay. So yeah, down there where the White River is. I mean, I grew up North Fork Lake where, where the White and the Bryant River come together and yep. start at the, the head River. of North Fork. I was yep. 20 minutes from there. Oh, nice. That's where I so, grew up. Yeah. Does that river run up to Nebraska? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Well, I figured you'd know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Maybe. I was scouting the other day, and I saw the White River, and I'm like, oh. I don't, I don't know if it's the same one, because I think uh, I mean, White River is famous for the uh, trout. I mean, that, that's, yep. that, that, those is are it? big it's hog molly cool. rainbows I mean, in there. and It's, it's spring-fed the entire way. I mean, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. So what, what is, you know, you move from Southern Missouri and I mean, you said you were what, 20 when you moved up here? I was 20. Yep. So what's, I mean, from your experience, because, um, I live in Kentucky now versus Ohio and you know, it's one state over you've moved from, I'm going to do this, uh, quotation air quotes, the South. Um, <laughs> yep. to the great white North. Um, what, what is the difference in terms of wildlife for you? Did anything change in terms of game species? 
Uh, did, you know, culturally, was it, you know, completely, you know, different trying to learn how to hunt a different state? Like, what was that, what's that like for you and, you know, kind of an, an, an out-of-state guy moving to a new place? Um, I would say the biggest thing as far, as far as like deer hunting goes, like there's no like agriculture stuff really there. Like there's no cornfield. No, I mean, where I grew up, there's yeah. cornfields, no being, no being like none of that. So it's like hay fields, um, extremely hilly. I would say very similar to Southern Ohio okay. as far as, as far as hills goes. And, uh, it's extremely rocky. So it's very hard to grow stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up with a garden, but my goodness, man, I mean, it's just rocks. It's, it's rough. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's the biggest thing. Um, the deer don't get as big as far as body size, but man, I mean, Missouri grows giants. Yeah, they do. There's, yeah. I mean, there's, there's giants in Southern Missouri where I grew up. There's, uh, especially in like Northern Missouri, there's, there's mm-hmm. really good deer there, but I mean, as far as antler size, I would say there is a difference as far as I would say the majority, like the amount of big deer here versus there is different. Um, there's more here, but I would say the biggest thing is uh, the agriculture and the deer size and their body size. But I mean, like species, there's pretty much the same. I, I can't see a huge difference there. Now, did you ever do, I mean, now, I mean, it's not been that long ago for you, but it, it, I, I look at invasive species sometimes in other areas. Like hogs are and have been in Missouri. Uh, uh, they were, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they were an issue there. Like, did you ever get the opportunity to hunt them while you were there or anything along those lines? Um, I actually, you know, I always wanted to, but I feel like they were more, when I was growing up there, it seemed they were more into Arkansas versus okay. where I grew up. And I wasn't very far from Arkansas, but I I never once saw any hog sign. I never saw a single wild hog, which was very surprising. But I never I never had the opportunity there. Good deal, good deal. So, I mean, as like Chris has said, you know, for the past twenty minutes introducing you, <laughs> um, <clears throat> archery season's over, and he and I have basically been waxing political for the past three weeks about how we're going to like set up tree stands and, you know, drop corn and, and go after these deer. What, what are you up to in terms of, you know, archery's done and hunting, you know, deer season is here. I mean, essentially, I mean, well, Ohio wise, you got to wait till October 1st, but you're prepping and stuff already. So like, what are you doing? What are your plans? What are you looking at in terms of, uh, you know, hunting, you know, the first, you know, two months of archery uh well basically like the day that they announced that our stuff was canceled i took my bow put it on the press set everything up switched my <laughs> rest blade like everything out for hunting arrows mm-hmm. i freaking bear shaft tuned it like everything that night and and started setting it up started shooting nice. um so i started prepping right away i mean i'd already had some cameras out i think i've got you know, eight or so trail cameras out. I haven't put any corn out yet. I'm going to, I've just been kind of waiting, probably will towards the last of August, first part of September, I'll probably mm-hmm. put some mm-hmm. out, but I just didn't want to put so much out where I was having to go back in there all the time, you know, to put it out that early. 
Yeah. Um, I put some minerals out in, in early spring just to get, you know, kind of an inventory of what we've got. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've been sitting on my boat for that, got it all set up. And then we decided we're going to go shoot one last money shoot. So completely through my bow hunting setup <laughs> out the window. <laughs> Put my, I ended up getting new strings, so got all that done. Put my my target arrows back on there. Read bear shaft tuned it all for that. And so I've kind of got some some sight mark tapes tapes for my 3D arrows, and then uh, that shoots on the 22nd. So as soon as I get home, I'm gonna be setting it, you know, retuning for my hunter setup and awesome and all that. I've got all my arrows built, everything broadheads picked out, all that. So so that's like um, next weekend, right? Yeah. yeah, next weekend. Yep. And then tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, but Sunday, um, I'm going down with one of our team members down to some public to do some scouting, put out some trail cameras and uh, nice. check out a new place. This is actually the same place that Chris and I and Josh Turkey hunted this spring. And oh, so this about 15,000 acres. So is, is this the place this is where, with this the is uh, no turkeys are? This is the nerd turkey zone. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. the no turkey zone. <laughs> It's not that you're not allowed to kill them. It's just that they don't exist. Yeah, well, don't one did, and then it got killed. So, yeah. I, I, oddly yeah. enough, I was looking at the turkey kills per county in Ohio, and um, it was, they had it listed by county, and I'm sitting there looking at them, and I'm, I was actually, I'm like, I wonder which one of these counties, uh, like Luke and Chris, went hunting in. So, I kept looking at, like, the lowest numbers <laughs> – possible but <laughs> you get like in some of these counties and it's so bizarre when you look at it because it's like you go like um especially like in cleveland and toledo area it's like 800 800 turkeys killed like in a two county area and then like where cleveland's at one i'm like who who's the one guy or girl who killed a turkey like in like rural or not rural um urban cleveland like so when i started looking at that i started looking at like the mid like the belt like where you are and that kind of stuff and th i mean there is there there it, it's hard to find uh i'm guessing it's hard to find birds there and for for whatever reason but i'm guessing though it's not hard to find deer <laughs> i mean yeah i haven't scouted it yet for deer but i saw a bunch of deer there uh when i turkey not with chris we didn't see <laughs> did we see deer there chris yeah we saw i think we saw a few does uh, I think we saw a couple of those. I couldn't but, tell you. All I know um, it was it was May, I think, April, late April, early May. It was like thirty degrees. It was oh, twenty two okay. when I got out of the truck. Twenty two. Yeah, I was so May pissed was off. Yeah, wow. it was very cold. But like I said, I haven't uh, deer hunted it or deer scouted it yet. So I'm excited to go down this Sunday and, uh, and nice. check it out, put some cameras out, and see what we got going on. Nice. Oh, I yeah. say wow about the weather, but. <clears throat> I, we, you know, we were joking around about it a couple of weeks ago about uh, quota hunts and that kind of stuff. And I can remember when I was younger, up in, I want to say it was like Mosquito Creek Wildlife Area, or something in the in the northern part of the state, or Ravenna, the arsenal, or something along those lines. My dad and I went up there. I want to say it was like late October, and they had a gun hunt for kids, and we got out of the we got up there that night and it was 20 degrees. We got up the next morning. It was like 15 
And I mean, this is wow. October. So, you know, fast forward a couple more years past that, we did a hunt uh, up near Ottawa and we stayed in a buddy of my dad's uh, um, duck, uh, duck lodge. I mean, it was, I mean, it was beautiful. It was truly a duck lodge and we get out the next morning and we're busting ice off the, off the truck mirrors to be able to go hunt deer that hunt deer that next morning. But um, I, I always forget about that. Like, you know, even across the river from like where you and I are at, Chris, like you'll say it's pouring up here. I'm like, I ain't getting anything down here. I'm like, and I'm a, you know, 45 minutes South of you. Right. So, you know, the weather up by you, Luke, it just is, uh, I mean, I got to think that the lakes play a role in that and everything. Oh, lines, but. oh yeah. I mean, dude, it was the coldest Turkey season I've ever experienced. Ever. Same. I mean, it was, it was like mid November deer season at, we wish for that and for me i wish for that in mid-november yeah. oh yeah absolutely. a lot of times i don't get that in mid-november uh it it was it was weather that i was wishing for in january this year when we had the warm spell of course it gets warm in january when i need it to be cold and push deer <laughs> to food and then yeah. when it's time to be warm and for me to freaking frolic around meadows looking <laughs> at turkeys and it's 20 <laughs> degrees in the morning like it was it's pretty comfortable hot. i think on opening day i don't remember being bundled um but damn man it was it was a cold if this is the coldest turkey season i'm actually kind of a little afraid of what our hatches going to look like yeah yeah same here i can tell you this much from what i've seen um at least around uh southern ohio and northern kentucky um poults are on the ground seen plenty of them and oh, I, yeah i mean when i was uh when i went to cumberland a few weeks ago i saw a hen with at least a clutch of five um running around like two different hens so <clears throat> Hatches in certain areas are probably good, but I'm worried about the wet spring that we had where, you know, those, you know, the, the rule of thumb with turkeys is a 75% don't make it every time. And then 75% of those that do make it still don't make it. You know, they're the most paranoid yeah, right. animal on the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're well, pretty much doomed to not make it. Exactly. Like, they don't get hit by a gun, they're going to get hit by an owl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you wonder why they shit a brick over right. nothing and just like yeah. bob their head and take off running. You're like, what? I didn't even move. <laughs> what happened? There. I mean, literally everything. Even the other turkeys want to kill or beat the shit out of the other turkeys. Yeah. So like everything wants to harm you. Yeah. Tough I mean, being a turkey, especially in your first year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so speaking of like getting stuff set up and being cold. Um, we all, I mean, you and I went to different places last weekend, set up stuff. Luke, you're setting up stuff this week. I can tell you this much. Um, I can't wait for cold weather to be here. I was out, uh, last weekend at, the, at my buddy's place in a beautiful, beautiful property. He just bought, um, you know, real nice hilly area. And, um, I get down there in the morning. It's nice and cool. And we get out and he's like, so we're going to, we're going to cut some trails. I'm like, oh, okay. 
so we get chainsaws out. We're you know riding around in his gator. Um, this is more of a a, a forage slash uh, be aware type thing. Um, we're driving down the trails and uh, we're cutting down trees and stuff. And just so everyone's aware, uh, chanterelles are out. Uh, if you're looking for mushrooms, uh, found found one literally in the middle of a four wheeler trail. I'm looking. I'm like, there's no way that's what it's. Pull, pick it up. Look at the gills. I'm like. That, that sure as hell what it is <clears throat> so he's like oh that's nothing so we go back um he has this area where it's like uh it like narrows down to 15 yards and then it opens up into this huge ridge top that drops down into these bottoms and he's like i got a pawpaw grove and he's like i've never really hunted back here so we go back there and look and it is beat to crap with just like turkey footprints, deer tracks everywhere. These pawpaws don't have a single um, piece of fruit left on them. Uh, the reason why I bring up the pawpaws are they taste like mangoes if you can find them right now. They're really good to eat. Uh, best ones are the ones that are just getting ready to drop. So we're getting to start of September. Be looking for those. They're they're all over uh, Kentucky. Uh, call I don't them like hillbilly bananas, don't they? Huh? Don't they call them like hillbilly bananas or so? Hillbilly bananas. It tastes like a really good <laughs> banana. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're out there, but um, I was more amazed with the fact of like, I think uh, I sweat probably five gallons of water out of my body because it was ninety degrees <laughs> trying yeah. to like cut cut paths and that kind of stuff, and it's just like I cannot wait for just cooler weather. I say this, I'm going to Mexico in two weeks, uh, uh, yeah. but like. <laughs> um i can't wait for colder weather i just can't wait for it oh. i can't wait to yeah I'm, let the bow i'm a cold weather guy myself yeah same I mean, it's it's gonna be a hell of a lot better it's gonna be a hell of a butter so chris yeah. deer wise you're i mean you just showed us a picture uh and yeah, uh, you guys see me keep looking over. Uh, I'm like my phone is going off like crazy. <laughs> I, I refreshed all the uh, the corn and batteries and cards, and my phone's going nuts right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually made a trip to where we put out cameras. We won't mention names. Where we put out cameras last year, um, and where I killed my my piebald buck on opening day. Okay. Of the Kentucky opener, took a kayak so I didn't have to walk all the way down a mountain. Good call. Back up. Uh, Well, it was in vain. Literally, not one single camera was left. Are you serious? Not a not a single camera. They all got pulled. Someone stole them all. Somebody took every camera. It's very weird because some of those cameras were in spots where, like, I could see where you would walk around. Yeah. But I mean you can also cover a lot of ground on public land. So, I mean, I get it. And it also, you know, you're walking around there in gun season or something, turkey season season when there's no vegetation, it'd be pretty easy to see a camera and be like, Oh, cool. Free camera. Now I will say people that do that are trash, but I mean, you know, it is what it is, but, and then I went to our private farm that we're fortunate to, fortunate enough to hunt. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of tripping balls on the way there. Like, dude, if I go here and these cameras aren't here, 
somebody's going to think that I'm stealing the camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. There better be damn cameras here. Um, I went and I think there was, there was one. <clears throat> I never did like think about what the deer would score, but the deer, I don't know. He probably do in the high one thirties, maybe. Um, wasn't anything super great. Looked cool. Looked mm-hmm. like a young mule deer kind of Yeah, mm-hmm. forked on his G twos. But, um, so we found him and we found, I want to say it was an eight pointer. That was what I'd call pretty for out of state, especially on public land. It would be nice, but on private, I mean, X amount of hours away. I'm not right. You know? So I'll, I mean, it sucks. Cause Luke's thinking he's not able to hunt it this year. Um, I may go down there and stick a camera out in, let's say I kill my buck, you know, opening week or something. I may go throw a little bit of corn out in a camera and come back at the end of October and hunt it a couple times or something. But right, right. If, if something good's there, but I mean, I just, we did, however, get some nice turkeys on camera and I don't know if Luke ever zoomed in on the one, but looked like he was sporting some hooks and, uh, we also got some bobcat, a bobcat uh, on on camera, so that was really cool. But uh, other than that, just running cameras around here and driving around like a child, freaking glassing every bean field I can and staring at deer almost every night. So um, what was I doing before this? Oh, I was out putting out corn and cameras and <laughs> refreshing batteries and all of that. Yeah while talking to my buddy who's out uh scouting uh nebraska who like literally i'm like hey this looks good there's definitely mule deer there goes there all white tails saw like 40 <laughs> white tails last night not a single mule deer he's seen a mule deer doe and the country is like insane so Man, I hope it doesn't screw you. I really hope it doesn't. There's, well, there's a, there's I may a, not get to shoot a mule deer, but I can tell you I'm extremely confident in two things. One, we could go three. We could all three fill tags probably fairly quick on whitetails yeah. there from what he was telling me. Number two, I'm going to be a very popular guy come next turkey season. There are a shitload of Merriam's turkeys there. Um, Mm -hmm. I am excited. I am going there next spring to hunt Merriam's turkeys. And you could, I mean, if you're allowed to take, which I want to say, don't quote me, but I think their season's open forever. I think it's like beginning of March. They open early. But it's like archery only for a while. Yeah. So I would, if I could buy a tag, and go there and archery hunt and come back and gun hunt with the same tag. Mm-hmm. I'd do that in a New York minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hell, I can shoot a bow 90 yards, right? <laughs> <laughs> 90 yard turkey. That's how John Dudley got famous. <laughs> oh, not because of hex. Um, <laughs> don't no, sue hex, on, please. hex is famous because of him. Yeah. What the hex you say? <laughs> man i so I, I gotta say something about that so i was watching shark week it. yes it's it's shark week this week and i i love like i love shark week dude it's one of the best weeks out of the year it's one of the best weeks out of the year 
And I'm watching, um, I don't know if you ever watch uh, Extinct or Alive. Huh. It's a show on Discovery. And this guy's sole purpose is, his name's Forrest Galante. He goes around the world looking for extinct species or like, um, you know, evidence of them. And he's found three. Like he's found three things like that they thought were completely dead. And this guy has found them. And yeah, so, but he puts hex on everything. He like drapes his, uh, his um, trail cameras in hex. They all have hex suits on when they're going under the water, which I mean, it makes sense. They're sharks. Like that's what it was originally developed for. Absolutely. But I'm sitting there looking at it. That does make sense. I'm sitting there looking at him like John Dudley must be having a field day, like watching this. Uh, I saw, what was it? Dudley was sitting in the middle of a field. Yes. Turkey hunting. Yep. And I don't know if he got one or not doing that, but I, I just thought to myself, like, when, when does it end? You know, when, when does this shit end? But there, if you got rid of Hex and some of the other things that I won't even mention, probably shouldn't even mention Hex, probably got 10 other people that hate my guts now. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I thought it worked. I hate you. Um, the, they'll just come up. I saw, <laughs> this is the best. I saw something where you could pee into this filter mabob thingy and it'd filter your pee and then turn it into deer pee or something. I'm just oh like, gosh. <laughs> man, you guys really take advantage of people. This man, is bad. This, this, that, that's where you get to the point of like, man, I just wish I could invent something, market it well enough, and then maybe, just just maybe it would take hold. Um, oh, God. If it had Don't a they feel bad? Bit. Oh, I'd, I'd feel awful. That's but, stealing. <laughs> that's like the guy that sold me a freaking Fletcher. <laughs> and these special fletchings that would give me seven more yards on my arrows. That's what, like, I hear people, they're, they, they get new strings and cables, and they're like, yeah, man, I picked up 12 feet a second. I'm like, yeah, dipshit, because your freaking strings and cables were worn out. Put your, put your bow, put, pull your bow back, and then pull it back after you get your new string. Exactly. Put a scale on it. Put it on a scale. It, it's probably going to jump up. Anywhere yep. from six to three, three to six pounds. I mean, yeah, you picked up feet per second. <laughs> you turned your bow up, basically. I mean, like, it, it, it's things like that. And, you know, it, to each their own. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and, like, get on anybody for doing whatever to. they want to do. But, <laughs> at the, I know, <laughs> but like, it, it's like, you know, we, we've had this conversation before. And we'll get into this during deer season. I know we will about cover scents and scent control and all that kind of stuff and you know there is there's a very big belief that if it gives me a 10 percent chance more to kill something i'm going to use it which you know good for them like to me that's not how i learned how to hunt um you know like if i'm at deer camp i'll use the scent free like shampoo and stuff because i'm cheap and i don't bring my own stuff um, I'll use whatever's in the, in the shower. Um, but you know, some, some of that stuff, like my favorite one is, I don't know if it's, it was on TV last year, like on sportsman or outdoor or one of them. Whereas like there's, it's a deer pee thing. And like, 
this scientist is like standing there with a beaker and he like sniffs it and he's like, hmm, like, like you're sniffing deer piss. Like, what, what do you been like? That smells like deer piss to me. It smells like, like a, deer piss. <laughs> like, of course it does. Like, you this probably deer gotta, piss smells like deer piss. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. So it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, there's certain stuff where, you know, I mean, it might work. Hell, I don't know. We've had the conversation about rattle traps on here a thousand times. You leave my rattle traps alone. <laughs> I, I leave rattle traps alone because they work. And you know what? Quite honestly, um, I hate throwing them, but they catch fish. But, you know, e- e- either either way, um, you know, you, you, you can go down the rabbit hole. Go into your local sports store and ask four different people what they use, and you're going to get four different answers. Sure. Uh, I think it's funny too, cause you always see people trying to cut corners in every aspect. Right. Uh, I don't care if it's hunting, fishing, um, you name it. And they think that they can buy a product that's going to do it. And me and Luke Jack around all the time about Sitka versus Kuyu and all this <laughs> stuff. Right. But at the end of the day, ain't nobody killing a big deer because they were wearing Sitka or Kuyu. No. They're, they're killing it because, A, they were fortunate enough to be somewhere where there is a big deer. Because yeah. I'm finding out that when That's I leave Ohio, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks leaving Ohio. Um, you know, you can bait here. You can do so much. And, and having private land mm-hmm. here where, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like I'm the only one that hunts. But for the most part, it is. So, um, you know, that's a lot of success that I've found. So, uh, you're just not, you're not going to kill big deer by buying something. You can up your odds by having a little better arrow set up, archery set up in general, uh, better stands, better stand yep. location, get in quicker and quieter, you know, whatever. Um, you know, Sitka, Kuyu, First Light, it's going to keep you comfortable, dry, protect you from the elements yes but you still have to have some form of woodsmanship which kind of leads me you know you got guys like myself or luke or pierce moore that throw out uh corn piles and you you are not you're not going to kill a deer just by throwing out corn you have to throw it out in the right spot and then right. you got to set up on it, get in there on it, set up on it, and not get caught by the 30 million other deer that are eating. To be clear, by the way, we're not talking about public land. We're talking about private land. We are talking about private land. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Do not bait on public. It is illegal in Ohio. Ever. Ever. In Ohio, um, Kentucky, or Indiana. I don't know about other states. Uh, man, I don't know a single state where you either. can bait on public. I think that's like, yeah, I don't. I've never heard of one. So, no. but yeah, um, you, you just, you're not going to buy anything. That's just going to be like, Oh, 170. I bought, you know, years ago, I bought a Matthews bow, a brand new one. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to kill such a big buck this fall. <laughs> it's just going to be like attracted to the name. That's right. Like, the like how stupid was I to even think that very, I was very stupid to even well, have my, that my, my favorite story as of late, and I don't know if you guys have heard it, but have you heard of the guy who shot the new world record buck? Where? 
Uh, it was in Illinois. Oh, like, yeah, 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 so, yeah. Like a couple years back, this guy, um, he lives in Virginia. He was on, if I'm not mistaken, he he's uh, he's ex-military. Was like on leave or something along those lines, and his family had a had a farm in Illinois. He's like, I'm gonna go hunt there for deer season, and uh, they had this deer on camera called Mufasa. Big, I mean, monster deer, and. He went and just sat in a stand one day, and this deer just pops up at 30 yards. Like, like no one had seen this deer, like, all season. This is the world record deer. This is the world record deer right now. Uh, this deer, like, he just he's sitting in the stand kind of waiting, and he's like, turns, and he looks out of the corner of his eye, and there's Mufasa standing at 30 yards, and he's just, like, wa- he's just like kind of, like, wandering through the woods. Is he gun like, hunting? No, he shot it with a bow. Oh, okay. And uh, like he's like he he make he makes no bones about it. Um, he's like I shot the deer, and he goes, I literally he goes, I lost my mind. He's like I'm texting my buddies, like I I I I just I just I shot Mufasa, I shot Mufasa, and they didn't know like how big this deer was, like when how? they <laughs> like, when they got it. I mean, I forget what the what the rank is on. Have it. Have you seen but, it, Luke? I have. I don't believe so. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's got like antlers hanging off antlers, dude. It's yeah. like not typical. Yeah, not oh, typical. It's insane. And then some. It, it's yeah. insane. So the guy was basically talking about like how you have to use all your vacation time to go to like ATA and all this kind of stuff and explain to everybody. And they're like, what'd you do? How'd you shoot it? What sense did you use? He's like, I sat in a stand and I shot this deer. Um, and you know, it goes to show you that, you know, as long as you're putting stuff in the right places and you know where these deer are at, um, you know, you're going to be good to go. Now, I, I know Chris has feelings about, yeah, there we go, right there. Can you see that? Yeah. Can you see yeah, that? Yeah, I can. See, yeah, I, I saw that deer. I couldn't remember the name of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's an absolute like ridiculous monster, but like I know like Boone and Crockett. You can't like count a, a, a you can't count your deer if you're using a cell cam right now. Um, I think that'll change uh, eventually yeah. because I think that's kind of the way that things are going right now. They're cheaper. Than, I mean, they're cheaper than hell right now. I mean, you can get a tax cam reveal for what nine nine bucks. Those things yeah. were two hundred dollars. I mean, like, that's like a that seems to be like a super gray area. It is like like how is that even a rule so like if you have that deer on your cellular camera three miles away and then you kill it three miles from where your camera's at it doesn't count like that doesn't even that that's the messed up part about it so there's plenty of places and this is where um like there's big buck farm like not even like big buck farms but like hunting areas where like you go in and they're like we're we're fifteen thousand acres a fair chase and they've got these deer on camera and like you're going there and some of these guys kill like serious boon and crocodile deer. Not that they are um, pen raised or anything like that, but then they don't count because they're using cell cameras at the place. So there's this really weird gray area where like, well, the guy that killed it didn't use a cell camera. The place used the cell camera. So what do we do here with, with this kind of stuff and like it's going to be something that's going to be fleshed out with probably within the next couple of years it's going to have to be yeah that's kind of the new thing a lot of people are going to is the cell cams 
Yeah. I like like I told you last week, I'd have to leave my phone like face down all night and like probably set it in another room so I wouldn't have to <laughs> so <laughs> wouldn't be waking up trying to like check to see uh deer pictures every five seconds. I used to get depressed when I would toss and turn at night. <laughs> now I check my phone and smiles just flood my face. It's all gracious. <laughs> it's my Christmas morning. Yeah. So, uh, are you planning on hunting Ohio this year, Rick? I am. So I am foregoing opening weekend of rifle in Kentucky, and I'm going up to uh, oh south eastern ish Ohio. Anybody wants the exact coordinates? I have thirty dollars <laughs> number um, to hunt. So it's still up in the air if I'm hunting public or if I'm hunting private. By the way. Uh, if you are the people who own the farm that I've been hunting, uh, you know, my name, you know, my father's name, please allow us to hunt. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the, the public land up there is, is fantastic. I mean, there's guys that go up there every year. Um, and like last year there was a one ninety shot on public. Like it, it, it's, it's insane. And, I, I won't ever reveal the name of the area, obviously, but until two more whiskey bourbons. <laughs> oh, I, I'm out of whiskey. I'm not out of whiskey. He gave up gonna... all the fishing spots last time because he got drunk. <laughs> you know what? But, but here, here's the deal with my fishing spots. I don't have a problem doing that on that lake because there's so many damn fish in that lake. There is. It's hard not to do. Like so. So, like I told you last week, I, I stood in the river like probably still a little buzzed in the morning after waking up and caught plenty of fish. No one was there. Literally no one was there. And it is an easily accessible spot um, down below the dam at, at Cumberland and I'll, uh, below Wolf Creek dam, plenty of trout. Um, <laughs> but meanwhile, know, when I take a picture of a fish, Willie like rapes my mind. <laughs> Because there's a rock in the background, and everybody's going to know now. So and you know, he, here, it out online. Here's my philosophy: everything except hunting. By the way, um, you, you give you give good information, you're going to get good information. I agree, and yeah, I agree know, with that. If I give, you know, if I put that out there, you know, it's fine. I will never tell anybody where I am going to exactly hunt. I'll say, you know, Southern Ohio. Like that, that's about as far as I'll go. Where? You know, (laughs) the woods. Have you been to your mom's house? That's where your mom's. (laughs) But I'm, I'm, I'm going to hunt. I'm going to hunt. I'm going to hunt Southern Ohio. Um, I have for the past four or five years and hopefully, um, I'm going to put a deer in the freezer that last year was the first time. How old am I now? 35. I mean, last year was the first time in 20 years. I didn't kill a deer in Ohio. Dang. Which is, which is nuts. Um, and I, and I, I, I should say this. I had plenty of opportunities. I had plenty of opportunities to kill deer in Ohio. I did not shoot because I was being dumb and I thought, well, I'll wait for the bigger buck to come. And it, it never came. He came, he came before first light. Um, but I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm a meat in the freezer type guy now. And, uh, if I shoot a big buck, it's great. But if I am, uh, going to spend money, I better be coming home with a deer, uh, because the, the, uh, freezer that I'm looking at currently is getting fairly bare. 
So yeah, so is mine. Yeah. Um, how many deer a year do you generally go through, Rick? Um, so the way I do it is I go, I kill at least two every year. Like I have to kill two every year in order to like keep up regular amounts. Now okay. that being said, I will get meat from my mom and my dad or my brother. Uh, so I would say two and a quarter, two and a half deer, three deer would be perfect for me. I got two boys who are, who are growing like weeds who, you know, eat and, you know, eat any type of deer meat that I put in front of them really. So, you know, it's, it's to my benefit, at least where I live now in Kentucky, we get four deer when we buy a license, when you buy a sportsman's license. Um, you know, I, I, I advocate for people in Kentucky to buy that all your tags, all your licenses, everything, $95. You can't beat it. So I get four deer tags every year, no questions asked. And I should probably really be putting three deer in the freezer versus two. So we eat, I want to say 75% of our diets wild game. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 eat, we eat a lot yeah. of deer meat. I was, I like slam, <laughs> I slammed the freezer door shut the other day. Cause I'm like, I'm out of fillets. Like was not happy about it. <laughs> Man, I'm down to two roasts, a fillet, and probably 20 pounds of burger. Wow! Yeah, yeah that I've is without making jerky. Like that is without making um, sausage or anything like that either. Too. I'm so excited to learn how to make your pastrami. Oh man, it's I'll kill every deer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Just... kill so many deer, dude. Man, I'm doe slaughter this year. It, it... Oh, dude. It's I, I was telling my wife, I absolutely cannot wait to smoke an entire backstrap on my easy oh. bake smoker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to smoke all the wild game, dude. I'm Man, right there with be, you. It's gonna be so good. Smoke dude, it for like so an good. hour on on like 180 degrees, and, oh. and then just reverse sear it to like I grilled 127 or 28. Oh, it so sounds good. so good. I did your reverse sear method on uh, oh, dude. It's a, game a deer changer. tenderloin the other day. Game changer. Yeah. Game changer. Literally low and slowed it for, for a long time. Yeah. And then just cranked it, got it done, wrapped yep. it and juice out of a deer loin, mm-hmm. by the way. Yep. So people are understanding that generally when you cook those, there is no juice. Yeah. Juices were pouring yeah. out of this thing it was amazing oh yeah it's wow. it's so it's so freaking good cooked so medium good. rare in my that opinion was... it's the best way to cook any sort of meat yeah i mean i agree like it doesn't matter if it's chicken beef wild game like if you do it low and slow and you can reverse sear it or you can not reverse sear it it's just mm. it's so right. much better so oh, much absolutely better. once you and, and kind of you know it goes along with what me and Rick and Josh talked about earlier this year with like not going from one extreme to the next yep. where like, it's like a room temp and then all of a sudden it's 500 degrees in there and it's like, mm, yep. you just ruined it. But yep. you can always adjust if you low and slow it. And then you can check it and say, you know what? It's been in there a little long. I don't need to do anything or this is going to be perfect. And so yep. far, Exactly. Um, it's been perfect. Now I will say for anybody that's listening, 
any kind of meat thermometer when you're cooking steaks or Key. any kind of meat at all. My God, it's such a game changer. And I, I'm still, you know, these guys got these little doodads that stick in the meat man. while it's cooking and all that. <laughs> and they check it on their phone shit. And I'm like, okay, open up the grill, stick it in, <laughs> wait 30 seconds, almost there. Re- don't go, you get go out your front first? Huh? Don't you, <laughs> don't you get out your flint to start a fire first? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was something along the caveman lines. I will say, though, there is, there is nothing. I, I think this year has been cool simply because normally when I cook, I smell completely of smoke. Mm-hmm. And it like I'll lay down. I won't want to take my shirt off, man. I'm like, no, man, it smells just right. Yeah. <laughs> Which bit- Dude, it, and you know, it's, it's a totally different, at least for me, than like a campfire smell. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like the smell of cooking mixed with smoke. It's, it's yeah, weird. But, that it's but it is funny. That's why those damn hot dogs always tasted so good as a yeah. kid roasting yep. them. You're like mm-hmm. freaking They're smoking so much them basically. Better, yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's just, it's real. You know, Um, which kind of does lead me to something and I'm not into the whole gimmicky thing, but this is something I've heard a lot of thought on and I don't think it to be perfect, but I've heard of people finding success smoking their clothes and I could see where the smell of smoke, like what you could do if you literally put your clothes, if you if you put your grill or, or what a, your uh, easy bake oven, if you put your smoker <laughs> on like, what's the lowest setting you can get, Luke? Uh, 165. Okay. Oh so that's like jerky making. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I could probably go lower. I don't know how long you're supposed to do this, but you could literally smoke your clothes in your yeah. smoker. And I could see Cold where. smoke, definitely. Um, I could see where that would be overwhelming to a deer or anything and would only smell like smoke or maybe almost sort of, I don't want to say harm their nose, but similar to what the Jews did in World War II when they were trying. No, no, it's it's fine. There's no racial shit here. This is history. Uh, <laughs> the Jews would absolutely put cocaine. They would take rabbit's blood and put cocaine underneath of it in a basket full of like breads and cheeses and stuff. Oh, okay. When the Germans would check the dogs, the German shepherds, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going sniff to that. Stay calm, bro. Uh, <laughs> the, the dogs would sniff that and it would F up their nose to the point where they couldn't smell stuff right. for, for like a long time. And so that's how all these people were able to survive. Yeah. Um, not every Jew that survived, but you know, you get where I'm going with that. Yeah. So, um, I can see where it would maybe have a lesser but similar effect. Yeah. Interesting well, fun fact for you. Well, it is. and Even though you were scared. Well, because I thought you were going a completely different know, area with that. I went from um, deer hunting to racism right there. <laughs> um, no, but, I mean, this is something that, you know, has been around. If you look, if you read anything from, like, Indian tribes or anything that kind of stuff. They would smoke the you know they'd smoke their buffalo robes. They'd smoke you know, yeah clothes. They'd smoke all that kind of stuff. So they wouldn't have to be smelled by the animals. <clears throat> they'd sneak in and they you know 
shoot five of them before they you know that they you know the rest of the herd knew they were dead um you know it's a good thing i just finished uh uh, American Buffalo by Stephen Ranella. Yes. And, you know, he talks about like, you know, building little fires, smoking his clothes, that kind of stuff when he's out uh, up, up off the Copper River in Alaska and, you know, basically having to walk through trees so these buffalo don't smell them. It, it's, you know, it, it's it's kind of a tried and true process that, you know, works. You know, yeah. it, I, th- not- I think the main reason is I think it's overpowering but I think yeah. it's something that they just don't associate with danger. Correct. I agree. And I, agree. And I think that it really isn't, it really isn't about what they're smelling. It's about what they're smelling that they associate with danger. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, even, even I, I've heard people talk about using like the buck bomb stuff yep. or the, I, it's like a ch- real potent cherry flavor, whatever, it, whatever it is. And it would probably work until the deer started associating it with you sure and then yep it doesn't matter how much you're going to cover yourself in it they're right. going to really okay well yeah. there's a dude with this smell i'm out of here right and i think that I, I think you could get away probably smoking would work for a while until oh hell yeah it would you started getting busted yeah. once you start getting busted and get yep. shot at <laughs> yep. and they're like Man, that smoke keeps like kicking our ass, man. We gotta yep. do something about the smoke. <laughs> yep. And then pretty much Donnie I mean, died like four days ago. Why yeah. <laughs> Daryl Daryl might drop in here in a second? I think that's the biggest I think that's the biggest reason that it, it probably works. That's a good start. point, really. Because yeah. I mean you look at the deer in like Cades Cove or Yellowstone, don't care. All the animals yeah. in Yellowstone, they literally don't care. That's proof that animals aren't born to fear humans. Yep. Put that there. Um, and it, it gets there real quick. Um, it doesn't take them long no. to figure out. So very, very, very good point. Yeah. Um, what else you got, Rick, Luke? Um, I remember the conservation thing I want to talk about. Remember it. So last week we talked about Great American Outdoors Act, signing yeah. the law. Wonderful. Big win for conservation. $900 million, I guaranteed to everybody. Um, <laughs> who, who signed that in Rick, uh, case, DJT. <laughs> um, so bigger, bigger Who's DJT though. The, the president. <laughs> Say his name. Trump. He, he please. <laughs> um, like I said, great piece of bar- bipartisan legislation. Um, yeah. the bigger, the bigger thing that's kind of come out this week really is, um, his son, Donald Trump Jr., if, if anybody cares to listen to it, was on Meat Eater um, two, three weeks ago. I can't remember exactly when it was. But one thing that has been a big fighting point for a lot of conservation groups, you know, whether you're super left-wing radical environmentalist or, you know, national sporting shoot, national uh, – Oh gosh, National Wildlife Federation or things like that is Bristol Bay. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Bristol Bay is the largest wild salmon run area in the United States. And there's something called the Pebble Mine that has been proposed there for years. And um, up until last week, it's pretty much been kind of one of those things where People have fought it. It's went away. Well, it's came back. They just came back with the environmental study on it. 
Um, they said, oh, under, again, I use this air quotes, normal conditions, um, things won't be affected. Uh, the president's son, Donald Trump Jr., came out and said uh, he's very much opposed to this. And as a sportsman, this would basically create different copper and gold mining areas around the headwaters that feed Bristol Bay. Now, the fear is with this is that you build anything there, it's Alaska, it's going to seep. Like, it's just just the way that it is. Um, this is a really, really kind of big thing that's uh, in the area. It's not necessarily American mining companies that are going to come in and do this. So it's another whole other aspect of this. So what I would encourage people to do in terms of conservation stuff is go to savebristolbay.com, do your reading and research on it. It's important. Um, this is creates 14,000 jobs. Wow. People. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it it's a massive, um, the Sam, the Sam sock, it's sockeye salmon, the sockeye salmon industry there. Um, if this collapses, uh, you will basically see, um, a shriveling, um, sockeye run. There will not be many areas for these fish to go and do this anymore because the salmon run to their original place where they were born. It's just the way that they, way they are. And to try to restock and get anything going after that will be extremely hard. And this would be, this is one of the largest wild runs in the world. So it's important for us to kind of look at this as a whole, as you're talking about the possibility of 14,000 people losing their jobs because someone wants to create again, again, not against mining. When I say this, um, it would create jobs for that, but what's the trade-off here overall for us as as uh, outdoors people? So, well, I mean, um, you know, you, you you go further from there and talk about how that affects the brown bear population, yep. how that yep. affects the entire ecosystem in Correct. which those dead yep. fish that that go up and and spawn and then die fertilize the, the entire those, river. The rainbows that yeah. eat those fish yeah, yeah they people they, pay them to go to go oh, catch dude, i mean yep everything uh, those those things mean more to that area than any stupid ass gold or whatever they're trying yeah. to get copper um diamonds whatever they want yep. that that stuff that's that's a short flash in the pan and those salmon we got to take care of our our uh mother earth man so yeah so uh, i i i'd really glad you bring that up I really encourage people to go to save the, um, excuse me, bourbon, save the bourbon.com, save, save the bourbon.com, <laughs> save bristolbay.com. Um, as, as always, uh, there's plenty of websites. If you type in Bristol Bay and look up pebble mine, there are plenty of places to go and look and write your congressperson. We've talked about this on here before, make your voice heard. Uh, a lot of people in at least our area, they listen and you know, what plays on main street for uh, their constituency. A lot of those people listen to. So be, be aware, go and talk to your, don't personally go and talk to them. If you can, you could do it, but write a letter, write an email, give them a call, do whatever you need to do for it. All right. I like it. What else you got, Luke? Tell me a little bit about, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go nuts. Oh, I was just going to ask you how, uh, what are you doing for training as far as, uh, 
this Nebraska and you're 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 going on an antelope hunt this fall, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, whew. How's the training so, for that? Uh, well, I as you guys are very well aware, I started something that I should have started in January. Um, started <laughs> to eat better. Uh, I'm I'm being a sinful little girl right now with my beer here, but um. I've earned it this week. Uh, started running this week and um, did a little bit of weights. Um, and I've really, really watched the way that I eat a lot, which has actually been easy all week until like today. Basically, today was the first first tough day. So, um, but other than that, shooting like my life depends on it. Um, I have been. I started out with, it's funny, you talked about this earlier, how you found out that our year was done and canceled. And so you went out and tuned your bow to your hunting stuff. <laughs> so I got all this stuff. <laughs> I got all these marks on my tape and I got bear shaft tuned and I'm going to broadhead tune uh, or was. And then, you know, Luke's like, hey, we should shoot this shoot. So, so I'm like, <laughs> shit, okay. So... I'm going to spend a little bit of time tomorrow um, getting that taken care of and getting ready for targets for next week, which then leaves me roughly five days to retune and everything. But it, I'll know where everything is because I'm literally putting new strings and a new rest, which the rest is a micro tune, micro adjust. So that's going to be lovely. Um, So that'll actually make it probably pretty easy to go right back. Uh, that said, um, there for a while, I was shooting out to 50 and 60 yards. Um, and then I figured, well, we should probably at least see, you know, how far the housing can go down and, uh, you know, what is realistic in terms of accuracy. And so we went and we did, uh, I did 70 from somewhere. We'll say, I can't exactly describe because I possibly not be looked at the same but um that ended up well so i kind of found a marker and then we went and did 70 80 90 two nights ago and um it was really cool 70 was not bad at all and then once we got up to 80 it's funny because you first shoot the groups and it's almost like you don't understand how steady you have to hold and pull and then all of a sudden it's there. I did learn that I'm more consistent when I command shoot if we're past 70 yards because I just, I'm up there and I'm pulling. And then if you come off any little bit, I mean, it, it shows up. So, uh, I'm, I feel like I could kill at 90 yards, honestly, right now. Uh, we're going to go and push it to a hundred and maybe even a little further, but, I'll probably stick with nothing further than a hundred, but I'm looking to get 30 yards away. I mean, for people that are listening to this, we're not like trying to get a semi-automatic bow (laughs) and just start freaking slinging arrows into every, every direction. But you know, if we have a really good mule deer at 90 yards and we're not going to get any closer and we've got a good situation, we're going to try to capitalize on it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's a huge key 
when you say uh, really good conditions for it. So I think that plays yeah. a, a much bigger role than just being able to make the shot. Yes, absolutely. And you know, it's funny, me and Matt were talking about it. It was literally dead calm when we were doing this. And he was like, now add a 30 or 40 mile an hour yep. crosswind and yep. stand on the side of a hill. I was like, that's a pretty damn good point, man. You yeah. don't even shoot. <laughs> you don't right. even know this stuff. You know, and he brings that up. But uh, it, it is the truth, though. I mean, that kind of stuff, that's just how it goes out west. And, um, you know, we can't really practice for that here very much. But, uh, you know, we'll be ready if we do have the right conditions. And, that you know, that's not just weather conditions. Yeah. That's a calm deer, not a deer. Freaking out yep. and looking yep. around, yeah, right. exactly all that, and uh, you know, if I draw back and I don't feel like I'm holding good, I'm letting my bow down. I'm not gonna wound something just so I can say I almost got it. Or you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's just not cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much been my uh, thing so far. I'm I'm down nine pounds and. Um, Dude, that's awesome but, for you. You know, man. my legs already. Thank you. My legs already feel kind of cool. Like I can feel there's something there. You mm-hmm. know, it's really, really encouraging um, to know that I can at least carry a pack and stuff. I will say, even though it's not technically considered training, running corn in a pack at a hundred pounds a time, going up and down and across hills, that's. That'll work the legs. Oh, absolutely. It will. Absolutely. (laughs) So that's part of it, but not on purpose for this. So, um, so what, what kind of hunch you got coming up, Luke? What do you, what are you going to get into this year? Well, a lot of my plans got changed from the whole COVID thing. So, um, before the COVID stuff happened, I was basically working a, a entirely different shift at my job. I was working three days a week, you know, I'd work Saturday, Sunday, one, eight hour shift through the week. And basically I could hunt four days a week all day if I wanted. Um, so I had made plans to go hunt Nebraska with you. I had planned on hunting Kentucky. I'd planned on going on a bear hunt with you and Man. dude, COVID happened. Um, come back to work, the shift I'm on, they completely got rid of it. So I'm now on first shift. I've got to work. I've been working six days a week the last few months that we've been back pretty much after the first week we started back, I've been working six days a week. So we got told we're going to be mandatory six days a week the rest of the year. They're already asking people to volunteer for Sundays, which I'm going to do um, just they're putting a bunch of incentives to work. So I'm not obviously hunting Nebraska now. So I'm going to take advantage of it until, until higher season come in. Um, I kind of had to choose between using vacation to hunt Kentucky and then hunting Ohio less. And we really, as Chris stated earlier, we didn't really have anything that was like, wow, that's a giant on camera. Right, right. Let's take, four days of vacation and go hunt that deer in Kentucky and and try to get that deer on film and, you know, make a story out of it. So I decided that I was probably going to have to just stick to Ohio this year. So, I mean, basically I'm shooting and training and, 
and doing weight training and, and running and cardio and, and pushing and pulling a sled to just get and And I'm, I would say I'm in probably the best shape that I've been in since like 2015, 16 and doing all that shooting, um, spending as much time with family as possible. I'm obviously not going to get to hunt as much as I would like. Mm -hmm. So I plan on taking the best days possible, I would say the first two weeks of November, I want to be good days. Guess what? Yeah. I'm not going to be at work. I'm going to be taking them off. And yeah. yeah. So I don't blame you. We've one got bit. pretty much all of our stands, uh, all of our sets in that, that we're going to have for permanent sets. And then I've got my, my mobile system that I'm going to, I'm going to be using too. So um, I'm excited to go, to go scout this public spot and then hopefully get together with some of you guys. Oh and, yeah and yep. go hunt it and, and, uh, and get some, some hunts in with you guys, but I'm excited. I mean, yeah, I might not be able to hunt as much as like I did last year, but you know, I want to make it more quality hunts and, yeah. and just, you know, go in when it's perfect conditions, the wind's going to have to be perfect. I don't have anything huge on camera yet, but that's pretty much typical on the farms I hunt. They're small parcels and they really don't, I mean, they don't hold a ton of deer. So it, I mean, come middle end of October, they start showing up and that's pretty much what I bank on as far as right now, I don't have any, any target bucks. So I'm pretty much banking on that, that end of October through the first couple of weeks of November, unless something shows up. So that's what I'm, I'm gearing my vacation towards this year. Good okay. Deal. Yeah. Deal. That, that really puts a lot into perspective that it kind of makes COVID even more real, you know, that yeah, it's yeah. one thing. And I, I think about our turkey season was just wrecked. Wrecked. I mean, what Mine we could wasn't. have done. We had so many plans. <laughs> what we could have done in turkey what, season. What we? What, I mean, I mean, honestly, that 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 weekend that we all went hunting together. Like, had we had 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 that not all happened, um, we. I I really think all three of us would have killed birds. I oh, really, really, yeah. really, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. I know two would have tagged out the first no two problem. days. <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have been, and then we'd have been picking morels. So really, oh, you could say God created the COVID so yeah. that Luke, or so that we could hunt with Rick, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, and you know, it it was it was a extremely fun weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there were some hard. really low lows, but dude, God, the highs were, I mean, it, it incredible. Was yep. Yeah. And we have that a real spot for the ages I've, now. I would say that's the funnest weekend I've ever had where I had no chance to shoot a turkey. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's the truth. It, it was so much fun. You wouldn't think you could have that much fun not shooting turkeys. Yeah. Cause every one of them, like every single turkey, just looks like it deserves to get shot it, right in the face. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Every time, like I seen that one on our camera down there uh, in Kentucky, and I'm just like, I just want to take your head off, dude. Okay, is that <laughs> the one that you posted on the page that was like running? Uh, yeah, that was the one that we put up on the trail on the hill, dude. You can't imagine what uses that. Okay, is that the one? Cause I would, I saw you post a picture of a turkey, and you're like, man, that thing look, just ne looks like it wants to be shot in the face. Is that the one you're talking about? Cause you never sent me any turkey pictures. I I posted it on the page or in our thread. Yeah. 
I was on the page because you on the page. Uh, is it is it the, the post I did the other day where I was like, yeah. does anybody else miss it? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. a good bird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> big time. So literally, he was on camera twice. Don't quote me, but there might have been one other gobbler sighting, but the rest of the time it was all hands. But I mean, where there's hands, and there's those little logging yeah. roads go all through there. Oh yeah. Um. So what's really funny though is cows just showed up on both cameras and i'm like uh this isn't a pasture where are you coming from (laughs) so and then we're driving down the road and i'm like there's that cow (laughs) with his buddies but there was one that was distinct like you could tell it apart from all the other ones it was a certain color and you're like they just got out yep they roam man you get any did you get any good uh like daylight pictures because, I mean, you just showed me the highlights of the, of the bigger bugs. So when Did I say have, highlights, like, those would stuff? be like um, daylight. But I, I don't think I ever got the – we'll call him the mule deer buck. Uh, okay. I don't think I ever got him like even close to daylight. Um, there were a couple – Oh, sure. Well, you know what I thought about though is like if a deer like that, like let's say he grows up and he's really good – Imagine sitting somewhere around there in yep. the middle of November with a rifle. Yep. I'll reach well, out. That and, and, ass. and, you know, the, the deer like that, I mean, that was probably, I would say, what would you think? That was a four-year-old deer for that I area re- probably? Probably, but I, I don't know that yet. That deer um, probably knows not to come to any sort of food source until, I mean, all he has to do is not walk in front of the camera until it's right. after dark and you don't get any daylight pictures. Right. Yeah. Well, it's just I think like that, I think a lot of times that's that's what people don't realize. They're like, oh, well, I only have him on camera at night, so I'm not hunting until, you know, I get him on camera in the daylight. Well, right. he might be everywhere there in daylight and you could kill He's just not coming to your corn pile or your right. stall exactly. until after dark. Right. I agree 100%. In fact, it was weird, the deer that I chased late season last year. Well, this year, but last season. Um, I never did get a daylight picture of that damn deer. And I'm like, what the hell? Well, I got a couple of them where they were like literally minutes after after it got dark. And so I'm like, what the hell? So I go and I hunt it. And first time, here he came. And he stood like 60 or 70 yards from the corn pile, staring at it. Yeah. Open timber. He wasn't in any (laughs) kind of cover. Yeah. Hell yeah. And he just sitting there watching all the other deer eat. And then when it got too damn dark for me to make out a shoulder line, guess who walks right up to the corn pile? (laughs) So, um, and then the next time I hunted that deer, he came in with, and, both times were plenty of daylight, but I was too far and he sat there. Uh, the second time he came in, he got saved by a little fondo. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, man, for pictures, corn piles are awesome, but dude, it makes, I think it makes it tough sometimes, man. Oh, absolutely. They, I mean, yeah. they, they come in downwind, like no matter what, it doesn't matter. Like if the wind's good for you, guess what? It's bad for them. Yep. And 
I mean, you can put 800 pounds of corn out and people will tell you that you're not hunting. If you're hunting over corn, well, <laughs> you're not killing big deer off of a corn pile. I agree. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not usually anyway. No, I, I, I mean, my best deer came off of a, well, it wasn't a corn pile. All the corn was gone and there were like 10 kernels left or whatever, but I mean, that's where it was a feed site. Yeah. And, uh, my best deer came off of that and by far the biggest deer I've ever had on camera, but that's the only deer I've ever shot off yeah. a corn pile. Now I could mm -hmm. kill those, but even, Oh, like, sure. Like yeah. I hunted opening day or small buck that year, just trying to be a hero and kill that buck opening day. Cause he was a day walker. And, uh, dude, I watched this doe. There's a well-worn path right to that corn pile. And she broke off that path with her babies and the small buck that was with her came directly uphill, hopped a fence just so she could J hook that yep. corn pile and come in. Now, when I say J hook, she probably caught the wind of the corn pile 50 yards away. But, yeah. I mean, if it's any sort of thick, like you have no shot at all. Yeah. Which I could have killed every one of them, but What's funny, though, is is I think that they're not only doing that to trying to smell if something is around, but also to smell. I mean, this kind of goes with how strong a deer's nose is. I think they're trying to smell what's been there, you know, mm -hmm. recently or whatever, and, mm -hmm. and say, oh, did he, did he come in and bring more corn today? Because yep. if so, you know, maybe we should kind of chill or, you know, has a coyote been in there or a dog, or, you know, whatever. So, yep. um, but yeah. I agree a hundred percent, uh, people think that you just toss corn out and then deer lay on their backs and draw, they mark their heart <laughs> with a black Sharpie. That yeah. is not the case. You yeah. have a bunch of on edge deer that, um, are in a pecking order. So they already make each other nervous. And then you've got all these eyes, you know, it's, it's not like one deer shows up a bunch of yeah, deer exactly yeah and and yeah. you got a bunch of eyes and noses and ears to to contend and it's with. almost impossible to move and get drawn when they're yeah yeah exactly and, and it's never there. the I mean, big buck always first. one looking it, it's always 400 million does and babies and little bucks and then yeah and comes the big deer and you can't move so yeah um but yeah i i will say that uh you know, it kind of sucks because this COVID has kind of kicked us in the pants, but uh, I'll be excited to follow you this year and I'll, I'll be rooting for you. I'm hoping, I'm hoping what you just said kind of transpires into a cool story where while it sucks that you're not going to be able to hunt yeah. as much, but you're probably going to get some pretty quality hunts because of that. Yeah. And oh, I'm going to make sure super meticulous with how yeah. you're doing it and that when that text comes through, I'll run through a wall. <laughs> It'll be awesome. I'm, I'm due, man. I, I the last two years I've I've beaten buck tags, and it's yeah. been, and you know, I mean, I haven't been super picky, you know, until probably about 2016. Um, up until then, if it was a good deer, I, I was shooting it. And what year did you I kill started, your six? Do what? What year did you kill the six pointer? Uh, October 29th, 
Oh well, there you go. Yeah, and I don't know if you—I don't know if you've heard the story of that deer. Rick. I have, but Rick hasn't. <laughs> it's actually—you're oh, actually going to be quite so, bewildered by this. So, um, it was, dude. It was cold, and it was when I say it was cold, it was like 33, 34 degrees, and like torrential downpouring. Oh boy! Ah, and my cousin Gary and I were like, okay, the weather looks like it's going to start clearing up and like the sun's going to come out like three thirty, four o'clock mm-hmm. rain's going to stop. So we get everything together, throw everything in the truck, head down towards Southern Ohio where I have a farm, a smaller farm down there that we hunt. And uh, before we get there, something crazy happened. We're going driving down doing 75 down the interstate and he just happened to look in the rearview mirror and the freaking trailer plates on our trailer go flying off and so we had to stop under a bridge run back and grab the plates and it was kind of crazy how he just happened to look out there at the same time they fell off but neither here nor there we get down there pull into our spot the rain had stopped about a half an hour before we got there so we get dressed real quick go out there. He hunts a different stand than I do. And I bust a deer and I, it was just a doe literally 20 yards from my stand. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, crap, but the wind's perfect. Sneak in there. She didn't blow or anything. So get set up and I'm, I'm like pretty much standing the entire time. Cause I'm like, there's going to be deer everywhere. Yeah. It's like 32, 31 degrees and oh, dropping yeah. the pressure's high. Oh. It had just poured all morning, like from like one o'clock to like, I think two thirty or three o'clock in the afternoon. So the most dreamy situation of all yeah. time, basically. Oh yeah. Perfect. And I mean, barely any breeze, just absolutely perfect. So sitting there, sitting there, nothing. I mean, didn't even hear, see nothing. Like he didn't see a deer all night and it's starting to get dark. And I'm like, well, I got about 45 minutes left and I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to have to get down. Well, I see a doe come out and I had originally told him I wasn't shooting a doe mm-hmm. unless I knew that she was by herself because we don't get to go down there that often. And when we do, I mean, we usually try to wait for a buck, but if the doe comes out, you know, we're going to shoot her. Right. And doe comes out and she's walking up this clear cut that I'm set up on in like a corner of this little pinch point. And the deer use it to come out to the big agricultural fields where they feed at night. And sure enough, she comes out of the woods, I mean, perfectly upwind from me by freaking clockwork and starts walking up the edge of the field. And she's out there for probably, I don't know, 20 minutes milling around. And I'm like, there's nothing behind her. And she's a little bit on alert, but I didn't pay much mind to that, which Mm -hmm. should have. And she comes walking out. She's about 30 yards. So set my sight on 30, draw back on her, make what I thought was a great shot. And could have been me, but high alert, 30 yards. I'm fairly certain that she just ducked to run and arrow went right over her back. Well, when she took off, dude, my biggest deer was 40 yards behind her and took off running the other way. Holy cow. And I dude all i saw was a giant freaking he's got 14 inch g2s all i saw was that running the opposite way from me 
<laughs> and I almost cried. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Well, she didn't blow, but she ran into the woods. So I freaking grabbed another arrow and knocked it quick as I possibly could. Well, mm-hmm. he turns and he's looking back up towards where she ran into the woods. Well, he's out in the green strip and he grunts and I'm like, holy crap, he's going back up the way she went. And instead of cutting in the woods to basically cut her off, he goes right up her trail, right up the edge of the field. And I stopped him in the exact spot that I shot at her and just smoked him. Oh my gosh. At 30 yards. And he, he ran 40 yards and died. That's I, I was freaking out, dude. I, I was awesome. like, so uh, yeah. shook up. Like, I've and never the, been so happy in my life to miss a deer. <laughs> people, right? Yeah. The people need to understand too. Like this is a six pointer. You, you could say yeah. only six. You could say only 140. Yeah. This is a big damn deer. I mean, has, he's got a 180 inch frame. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. He's, he is a big, yeah. big deer. Yeah. I would not pass this deer ever. I, I mean, would say he, I mean, from, myself just i mean his body was mad i would say he's at least five and a half years old at least oh yeah and he had just to give you an idea of how big his frame is he had 27 and a half inch main beams wow um both of his g his one g2 was like 13 7 8 the other one was 14 and then had his brows were seven and then he had uh what was 18 and a half inch spread and five and a half inch bases. So, I mean, that gives you an idea of the frame of this deer, but he, he just didn't have points. I mean, yeah. Point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, we, we walked up to that deer and we both like freaking lost it. Cause I, I had say, no you probably idea lost your mind. Yeah. And I, I texted my cousin. I was like, dude, I just shot a stud. Like I heard him go down, like made a perfect shot. And he get I mean, there was blood splattered eight foot up on saplings where he had oh crashed gosh. into him. I mean, yeah. And we got up to him and we looked at each other and like we about lost it. We had a tough time dragging that deer, both of us. He was freaking massive. I was gonna say, I bet. Oh, dude. When you that is the one thing I think people don't understand. When you kill and you know, people luck up and kill like a real good three year old or yeah. even the four year olds aren't big my my no, i killed a 171 inch four-year-old and he field dressed at 185 i weighed him myself he field dressed at 185 and every time i ask people i'm like how much you think that deer weighed and they're like, oh he's probably like 240 250 dressed and i'm like not even close <laughs> no <laughs> um i mean those big five six seven year old deer they weigh a lot they yeah. i mean they can especially here in ohio and up north yeah. where you are I would venture a guess that deer are just slightly physically superior due to the cold yeah. that they have to yeah. do. They have to be. So, um, yeah. I mean, I didn't have any way to weigh him. And I mean, it was like 10 o'clock at night and we're on our little quad trailer, caping him out and quartering him up to put him in coolers. Cause we always stayed the night there. And oh, we, nice. we stayed and hunted the next morning as well. And I had my wife, I was like, I just shot a giant deer. Like, 
you've got to come get the head because we can't, we can't take it in the hotel room and we can't leave it out on the trailer. And so she drove an hour and a half to come get him, but I had no way to, I had no way to weigh him, but I, I mean, he had to have dressed at, in the mid two hundreds. I mean, it, wow. his neck was, I mean, he's, he's the biggest body deer big I've ever deer. seen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, was, you can look at him and t- I mean, it's not. And the thing is, is that deer, a week later could have gained five or 10 pounds. Like, yeah. I mean, you killed him in October. You, yeah. you yeah. give him another week or two and my God, of course, you know, there again, running does, but that's, he you know, could have lost it too. He yeah. He could have lost, lost it. Well. it. Uh, it's funny you say that because the last couple days of October, man, they, that do, last week, they man, can't yeah. take it anymore. That last, that last week is. And you, you pair that beat. with exactly what he said the perfect weather situation perfect. where the pressure's yep. up it's cold and then you add a condition where it's got the deer hunkered down for a yep. little bit yep and then all of a sudden boom the stars align and here yep. he is yep. Um, yep that's yeah I, I mean i i told myself i wasn't i wasn't shooting a doe and you know what if i'd have probably hit that deer i'd have never killed that deer yeah it's funny deer. i was going to joke with you and say uh when you were like i'm not shooting a doe unless she's alone and i'm like so in other words i'm not shooting a doe unless i really want to shoot a doe (laughs) it's always oh she's alone and then you shoot her and then you hear the big boy blow 50 yards or whatever away and you want to kill yourself so and you've had all those moments before (laughs) yeah yeah i i did that one time years ago when i still lived in missouri and it was another one of those nasty days I think it, it was in gun season. So it was middle of November and rained all morning. So we decided to just go out and sort of still hunt to our spot early afternoon. And actually, I think it was about 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, we got set up and we're not sitting there 30 minutes. And I told, I told my uncle, I was like, if a doe comes out, I'm, I'm shooting her. Like I was young. I was just wanting to shoot a deer. Sure. And dude, this freaking doe comes running in and, I didn't know. I didn't have the, you know, the knowledge to be like, okay, well, she's probably has a buck chasing her. Well, I pulled up the gun and freaking hammered her. And <laughs> I heard something and looked back and I, I, I mean, it's hard to tell what the deer was, but he, he was a good deer. He was probably a mid forties to fifties, 10 point. Oh and my gosh. Yeah. He, he stopped, looked at, <laughs> down there and saw her kicking their laying on the ground and he, he was gone man Damn. and it still makes me sick dude but you know you would think after screwing up that many times on on shooting a doe off running the buck i wouldn't do it but but, but at the same time it's it's deer season and and that and that stuff happens like yeah. it oh, yeah. just does like you get that fever and you're like ah deer in front of me and yeah. it's, well and you know that's what that's the thing with last year like I, I generally fill all my tags usually like year mm-hmm. before last I killed seven deer. Um, some of them were in Wisconsin, so <laughs> I didn't shoot seven in Ohio, it's a six but, <laughs> but, uh, like last year, dude, I passed so many deer and so many nice bucks that before I got picky, I, I would have been tagged out, you know, before November, mm-hmm. but I, I just passed so many deer and I ended up only shooting one doe and it, yeah, it, it was bad. I ran out of deer meat soon, so I'm yeah. uh, making a different game plan this year. Well, with any luck, 
we'll get some buck tags filled early this year and maybe we yeah. can hook up and kill ducks and yep. pheasants and quail fingers and crossed man rabbits and squirrels. I don't know that I'll be able to to do all the other other animal hunting but we'll definitely be hooking up and and doing some public land yeah here. we'll go hey, I need to get some geese in my freezer this year so <laughs> sky carp exactly <laughs> stupid freaking gross thing man the thighs and legs cook them down just like you do turkey just like i do turkey oh no i'm sure they're delicious they're I delicious just, you just got to figure out the best way to do them and uh you know they're oilier than all get out but when oh you yeah out how to cook that's them, one thing i've never eaten as a goose i mean i've eaten oh, all man. Stuff, but i never had geese it's it, it's good when you know how to cook it so yeah i've heard they make excellent jerky we'll have to talk more about that uh on another podcast so oh yeah, yeah for sure you got any concluders yanni um <laughs> bristol bay stuff man go up save bristolbay.com go look at it and uh if you are not and if you uh uh need to go set your stands go put your minerals down go yeah. put your corn out you are less than uh, 20 days away from Kentucky opening day. Yeah, and while you will not help bucks for the most part, you will help lactating does. Yes, you will. Young ones. So yep. mineral is still good right now for the herd because that gives your buck, who is months old, the guy you're going to hunt five years from now, you're giving him a head start, and exactly. that's where I believe minerals yep, actually do do something, uh, other than maybe help a little bit with rat growth. I think it starts with creating healthy deer when they're yep. babies. So, yep. Um, that said, uh, we want to thank our boy here, Luke, for joining us. Yeah, this man, thanks a, for coming on. This was a fun one, and it yeah, you know, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. We got to shut each other up before we even start <laughs> recording because we just talk and talk and talk. And, uh, you know, it's fun. So we'll have to do it again soon. And uh, my concluder, I think, is that I'd like to ask everybody not only to subscribe to this podcast, but go on to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes. Called Fueled by the Outdoors. Um, check out our little mini film we did with Rick's brother, Will. Uh, yep. He caught some trout in the back country of uh, Tennessee and uh, just be safe out there and be practicing with your bows guys. Absolutely. Luke, you, you got anything Luke? Um, my concluder would be don't pick your bow up two weeks before season comes in and shoot it twice and say, Oh, I hit the dot at 20 yards. I'm good. Yeah. And exactly. I mean, put your time in and practice. Yep. Even if you don't have, hours to shoot shoot 10 arrows a day shoot five arrows a day yep but i'm going to tell you right now when the deer's in front of you and it's the moment of truth you're not going to shoot like you shot in your yard nope so if you're shooting an eight inch group at 20 yards in your yard and you think that's good enough you're going to be shooting a 12 inch group at 20 yards when that deer's there and (laughs) Uh, and if it's a big one it's probably going to be worse than that it's going to be a 24 inch group (laughs) yeah yep Yeah. And I, I've been there, you know, when I first started, I, I didn't know. I wish I knew then what I know now, but shoot your bow, get out there and shoot it and, and make good shots. Absolutely. Absolutely. Y'all, y'all follow along Luke next year. He's going to go, uh, MBO. That's the, basically that's his last stint before he enters the semi-pro stage. So y'all, y'all go follow him and, uh, 
you're, you're going to see some good things. Yep. So, Best all right, guys. Be the lead outdoors. Yeah. Boom. Vlog <laughs> <laughs> right there. All right. Well, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates, Chris Lepper, and our guest has been Luke Lacey this week. And, uh, guys, it's been great talking to you, and we look forward to hearing from you and talking to you next time. See you. Bye. See you. podcast today please remember to subscribe like review on all major podcasting platforms we are available on apple google TuneIn, Castbox, spotify and all other major podcasting platforms as always we are available for contact at the elite outdoors one at gmail.com that is the elite outdoors the number one at gmail.com thanks a lot guys talk to you next time Hey everybody, this is Kyle V, host of the Ozark Podcast, a show where we sit down with outdoorsmen of the Ozark Mountains region to talk all things hunting and fishing. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts on everything from bear hunting, to fishing for smallmouth and trout, and discussing big questions like what happened to all the quail in the southeast. If you're enjoying this show, then I know you'll enjoy the Ozark Podcast. You can listen to the show on all podcasting platforms and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.